Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. Good morning, folks. Welcome in. It is Hardwood Handicappers here on Friday, December 8th. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel with disheveled hair. I forgot to put my hat on. I generally uh, don't like to let you guys see that I've just been working at home this morning and done nothing. Kelly looking uh, like he had to go to work this morning. What's up, man? What's up, buddy? Yeah, I did. Uh, don't worry. It's only me that can see you. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Although I will say that uh, this is the only time I'll be confident. What a head of hair, huh? What a head of hair. Oh, hell yeah. This stuff man. looks nice. Yeah, it's good to have a full head of hair. That's right. <laughs> believe, believe me, I already got overweight issues going for me. I don't need to be bald anytime soon, too. That, yes. that would be good. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of, I did I did take some pre-workout right before I hopped on with you because I'm going to go lift a little. So there you go. Hopefully, uh, if I start to speak really fast by the like the end of this podcast, it's because it's starting <laughs> to kick in, baby. Um, so before we get to the games today, because it's a full card today, part of, of course, uh, we see the rescheduling of these re- regular season games. You know, it's interesting too, Kelly, what, what I wanted to note really quickly, and I don't know how you quantify this. I don't even know what you go to measure with. I don't know if it's totals. I don't know if it's anything else, whatever. Um, but this is a, this is a rare part of the year where these guys are actually getting a lot of rest. You know what I mean? Where we're talking about like, right. Full days off for some of these teams, uh, obviously the standalone spots of the schedule for the in-season tournament to play out. Uh, we just came off of a day off for, so let's see, we had a day off for election day. We had a day off for Thanksgiving this time of year, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to get the Christmas break as well for some of the teams that don't play. So I think it's interesting. I do wonder what that means. I, I guess we have to talk to NBA teams to really get a sense of that. But I do think that this is pretty fascinating is these teams that play both on Wednesday and today have been getting a good amount of time off over the last yeah. week. Yeah, they they have. Um, I, I think the only thing I would add on to that is because it's always one of the quirks in the NBA schedule, right? Because you have these things. And especially now that we have the in season tournament, that makes it even a little funkier, but you have these days where, you know, you're taking full days off, right? So you get some of these other cards like tonight that are pretty, that are pretty big uh, with a lot of games. And I think it's pretty wild for, I think for the, the casual NBA fan out there, if you just sit back and realize that we've played almost a quarter, we've played a quarter of the season already, basically, yeah. right? So it's like, I, I think most casual NBA fans would be shocked by that. We're sitting here on December 8th and, you know, a quarter of the season's already in the books. Um, so it's, you know, they do cram in a lot of games around those days off, but you're right. It is an interesting, it's an interesting ri- scheduling rhythm, I guess, because it, it, it looks different once you kind of get into January, February. A, so I was thinking about this last night. An addendum I would like to make to the NBA in-season tournament, which has been pr- incredible. Mm-hmm. How about a a first, second, and third place prize structure? 
and having a third place game lead up to the first place game on Saturday. Yeah, I think that would totally you, make sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if, if yeah, you're yeah, going to make like, all these teams come out here and right, it, it, me and you talked a lot about it. Not, not as many listeners are going to care about this, but just me and you talked a lot about the media side of it too. But it's you know, te- the teams, everybody who covers the teams, fan bases, all that. I think, yeah, I think it makes it a lot easier for you if you could just plan a a nice weekend trip to you know to Vegas. Uh, and and know that you're going to need to be there the whole time with, with you know and then there's instead of so, you know two of the two of these teams and fan bases having to hit the bricks basically after getting done here on Thursday night. Yep, and we will see. So Milwaukee and New Orleans are going to get the week essentially the next three days off, right? Because uh, no game today. They're not going to play on Saturday because a standalone game, and there's no games on Sunday. So again, mm-hmm. speaking to this whole rest concept. Uh, at the very least, the teams that lost yesterday are going to be well-rested going into their games on Monday. Milwaukee gets to host Chicago. Uh, in New Orleans gets to go host uh, Minnesota. Uh, so that's going to be a game to get ready for because, oh boy, yeah. does it not look good. So this is where I wanted to start with it. I wanted to start with the losers yesterday because we did get some interesting stuff coming out of the two losses before we move on to the card tonight. And I, I specifically wanted to start with the Milwaukee Bucks, because I brought this up on this pod many times with you guys. I'm not sure how often you've seen this. And I felt kind of bad because, again, as a journalist, you don't want to speculate, right? You just want to sit there. You want to observe. You want to see. But I will say that from what I have observed this year before yesterday, I've told you guys, like, I think there's something off with Milwaukee, right? I, I have I have seen the way that Giannis has interacted with Adrian Griffin, uh, the openly telling him, no, I'm not coming out of the game, doing it multiple times, not just once. Zach Lowe's observations on his podcast a couple of weeks ago about the, he, he called it a revolt uh, in terms of the way that Adrian Griffin wanted to play defense as opposed to what was happening. And I want to specify too, because I brought that up a couple of times. Lowe wasn't reporting that. He was saying he watched them play defense at the beginning, saw that they weren't engaged, and then noticed that they had changed their defensive philosophy back to what they used to do, right? Primarily drop coverage, all that kind of stuff. And they Mm -hmm. seemed more engaged. So again, kind of resisting Adrian Griffin's um, uh, ability or or, or attempt to put his fingerprints on this team. Then we get the report yesterday after the loss to Indiana. This is from Chris Haynes on Bleacher Report, TNT. After the Milwaukee Bucks were eliminated from the NBA in-season tournament by the Indiana Pacers, forward Bobby Portis passionately challenged head coach Adrian Griffin and teammates to be better. League sources tell Bleacher Report. Uh, Griffin entered the locker room, began harping on the importance of winning the rebounding battle. Sources say Portis, who scored just four points on five shots, uh, this again coming from the report, quickly interjected, stressed how essential it is for Griffin to structure the offense down the stretch of games. Now, what's been interesting coming out of this is, and I think Griffin's kind of up against it, like clearly there's a dynamic in this locker room that is not working. They're, all, they're also, it's, it's one of the crazy things that's also happening is, there. what's the best weapon that the, I would ask you this, Kelly, what's the best weapon offensively the Milwaukee Bucks have? Giannis. Still. Well, yeah, Giannis and, and Damian Lillard pick and roll, right? Right. Yeah, they yeah. don't. They don't. Oh, run I thought it. you were asking me for a single player. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Sorry, they, and that's always the risk of asking questions like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's the Giannis pick and roll, and they don't want to do it. And, and yeah. so like it, it hasn't developed. It hasn't developed uh, yet to what we thought it was going to be a near nearly unstoppable yep. pick and roll combination. It it. I, I'm not. I'm not discounting that it's going to develop at some point this year, but we just we really haven't seen it. it we haven't. Yep. We haven't really seen it yet. Be that effective. It's it's been wild to watch, and you see like the way that this team is playing. What's been going on? You get this report. Um, everything that's been happening with this team, and it just doesn't really look good. And a lot of it does seem to involve Adrian Griffin. And I just don't know what you're supposed to do with Milwaukee now 
that we have been watching this through about 20 games and nothing is coming together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was always the guy preseason that was, hey, this is going to take some time. We know the defense is going to take a step back. Uh, and you're basically trading some defense for, for, for a much more improved offense. And I think the fact that outside of the individual talents, which of course are still there with Damian Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're just not seeing – the offense is still great. But yes, do we think it could be better? The fact that we think it could be better says something, I think, as we do. And this defense is now hit, to the, hit the point where we're 22 games in for the Milwaukee Bucks, and I was always the guy that said, all right, it's going to take a little time, it's going to take a little time, it's going to take a little time. And it's just – now we're at the point where, okay, like you, the sirens need to be ringing inside the, inside that locker room of this is broken. It's not working. Um, there's not really, uh, you know, I, I, they don't have much of an identity. I mean, me and you watching that game yesterday, it's, it's just felt so many, like so many possessions of Milwaukee grind, grind a half court possession out. And, you know, even if they score, they score. And then it's like easy, just outlet pass to somebody, you know, somebody running the court for the yep. Pacers side. And there's nobody back. They're picking, they're not communicating. They're picking up wrong guys. There was that one player. Remember, remember where, where was it? Giannis and Brooke both go, both running back, both go out to cover whoever it was on the they're wing. They're lazily backpedaling. Yeah. Yep. Like leaving a wide open layup down the middle. So it's just, it's all over the place. And, um, yeah, it's hitting the point where where yeah, where you hear you hear that stuff from Bobby Portis in the locker room yesterday and from what we see on the court, it all it all seems accurate, right? And even you listen to Giannis post Giannis post game yesterday. I think he's just being very honest where it's it's hey, there are communication issues. There are issues happening here on this team that is more it's it's more than just talent and effort, right? This is it's it's organization and communication issues and stuff. And that, I think to hear that from guys like Giannis and Bobby Portis, yeah, it does. It confirms concerns that we have. Yeah. Um, I'm fascinated to see how it plays out. Like I don't, it, nothing's ever dead. You can turn things around, Yeah, but this, and I will bring this up one last time. This does date back to Terry Stotts was part of this, this, uh, this coaching yeah. staff. And the rumors and reports are that Terry Stotts was bumping heads with Adrian Griffin. And he was like, you know what? Screw this, dude. I made enough money, man. I'm going to go retire. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not, <laughs> it's not promising for Adrian Griffin and the Milwaukee Bucks, the way that they, this thing has started. So again, as we continue to look, and I'll say this, this is going to be a selfish point for me. I, I love my 76ers 27 to one ticket to win the finals. Like, I think they're clearly at this point, I think they're the second best team at the very least. And I think there's an argument to be made that they're the best team. Boston, there's just this weird assumption that Boston's fine and that they're going to just dominate sure, teams yeah. and be fine. I mean, they're 2-9-1 against the spread on the road, and they're good. Like, I don't want to say that they're bad or anything, but the gap between Boston and Philly is minute. And I think that there's a chance that we're going to get this uh, breakthrough maybe to the Eastern Conference Finals at the very least for Joel Embiid and the 76ers. The other yeah, thing I, I want to – go ahead. Yeah, just, just quickly, I think, I think with both – you know, both Boston and Milwaukee, it's it's a very I think it's rare because it's so easy for us to when we talk about teams, we talk about, um, you know, them, them, uh, you know, some team missing a, a key third score or missing depth on the bench or something like that. Whereas, yeah, of course, everybody could use a little bit more depth, but like Boston and Milwaukee, this is what I'll keep saying about Milwaukee is I think they have more than enough talent to, to go out there and win an NBA championship. So the. It, it is it, at the end of the day, it, it does come down to more of a coaching and leadership factor with that. And I don't know that 
I don't know that Griffin's going to survive this during the season. Yeah. Like it is, I know Zach texted us both yesterday. He's like, I don't, I think he's going to, you know, kind of get get canned after this season. I'm like, I don't know if he's going to make it through the season. It, it just, you rarely see a team like this where you're hearing, you're getting all these reports of just all this infighting with that has this much talent, right? And it's just, it just can't happen. At some point, ownership is going to have to make a decision. And obviously the easy decision is to change coach. We've got coaching the team instead of, you know, obviously shaking up the dream duo that you just put together. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess one of the options um, would be, let's see. I think Joe Prunt, Joe Prunty's there. Joe Prunty has been um, a head coach at certain spots. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Anyway, sorry. I don't want to dive into that. I got lost. Yeah, it just feels like, I mean, it just feels like, I mean, well, like, already you got, if you've got players basically coaching the team already, right. then what the hell you just need to, you, I mean, you need someone that can at least add to what they're already trying to do. Sure. Yep. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, we're going to split this into three segments today. So let's take a break here. When we come back, I want to discuss what we saw from the New Orleans Pelicans, and then we start to dive into a very deep Friday card in the association. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum! And how you get the most out of select can't miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties. And they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So, that was boring yesterday. Uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, a game that I think both of us were looking forward to. Yeah. And uh, ultimately ends in an absolute beatdown at the hands of the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, as I jokingly tweeted out yesterday, but who knows? Maybe it's true. The Pelicans, Kelly, looked like a team that went out and enjoyed the uh, the wonderful services that Las Vegas has to offer. Uh, yeah, did yeah. not show up. Did not care to show up in any way, shape, or form. A 133-89 beatdown of the New Orleans Pelicans. By the way. Game goes under the total. Woo! Yeah, baby, let's go. <laughs> let's just say really quickly, Kelly, Kelly, yeah. four and two to the under so far in this in-season tournament. And that was kind of the theory, right? We're like, hey, I think that this might be a little bit more slower paced and whatever than, you know, maybe a little faux playoff five to it. Four and two the to quarters, the under. Yep. Yep. yep, four and two to the under starting with the quarters. Both games yesterday go under the total. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. But the theory that maybe these games are going to be unders and the market, the odds makers were on this. Market yeah. was not. Odds makers set these totals lower. Market bet every single game over, four and two to the under. So something to keep an eye on as we head into Saturday. But regardless, so yesterday's beatdown kind of started the discourse of boy, oh boy. 
Pelicans don't look like they're ready. And I got to say, as somebody, and I thought this was a good topic to bring up because I've been, you know, the other day I asked you guys, like, are we ready to kind of bet yeah. New Orleans to win the Western Conference? And yesterday was one of those performances where that turned me off, right? It's not just losing. It's the way that you lost and the way that you looked. Zion Williamson, I saw this point brought up on social media. It's a very good one. For, as, for a guy who has the stature that he does, the athleticism that he does, he's not a good rebounder. He's not overtly physical within four feet of the basket. I just I look at this team, and you, and you look around, and you're like, you know what? You see the pieces and why you would like them, but there's no dominant on-ball. Their best on-ball defender is six foot seven, 201-pound Herb Jones, who's going to yeah. give up a lot in a bunch of different matchups. I can understand the trepidation for looking at New Orleans and thinking, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be able to crack this top four and be able to push for a Western Conference title. That that really did turn me off yesterday. Yeah, it's. Um, I think I w- I'll start with uh, saying it's one game. Yeah, right. It's one game, and we have seen this team improving uh, recently. So, so I, I'm not gonna I'm not, not gonna try to completely overreact to what we saw yesterday. You did, I mean, yes, you got you got crushed, but you got crushed by a very good team with one of the best NBA players of all time, having one of his best games <laughs> that he's basically ever played in LeBron James. Um, it, look, the Zion thing is, I love him. I, I, you know, everybody knows that I love him, but what happens in a game like that yesterday, um, Zion can, he's a guy that can be, as long as you have the pieces, he can be schemed out a little bit, right? Like if it is, if he can't attack the rim, he becomes, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to say useless. That's a, that's a, that's a strong word, right? But his skill set is just not, he's not quite developed. Uh, you, you know, he's the out rest of shape. He's, he's not really quite developed the rest of his game. He is, pro- yes, he is probably constantly out of shape. I don't know that we've ever actually seen a truly in shape. How about this? This is, this is a New Orleans uh, Times-Picayune columnist or NOLA.com. He wrote this mm-hmm. piece last night. Um, Christian Clark. Headline, Zion Williamson's conditioning is a problem. Will the out-of-shape Pelican star change? Yeah. Like that's, And yep. he notes here, you know, as we were kind of watching it, but it's a good lead in the piece where he says, during the first stoppage of play at Thursday's loss to the Los Angeles Lakers, Zion Williamson plopped on the New Orleans bench and struggled to breathe, looking as though he had just completed a half marathon. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's yeah. It's true. Yeah, and we brought it up. It, it wasn't yesterday. It was a couple pods ago. It, it, the, it, this is what I was saying about it. Like, this team... This team will it, it has some great pieces. It will go as far though as Zion can take them. And I think it's because you do need to develop this offense, at least offensively. It's got to look a lot like like we've seen LeBron and Giannis, you know, maybe Giannis more a year ago, but still LeBron, Giannis and how they re- utilize those offenses where those those forwards are really running the point, right? And it's got Zion has to be able to do that because I think it it take, puts pressure on the ball immediately for defenses, but then he's got to be able to distribute. He's got that means he's got to be able to run the offense, right? And that's just—I don't know if he's fully there yet, but I think that's the way they they win. Is he he develops more in that part of the game is able to do that. And, and I, yeah, I, you know, JVT, it's, we talked a little bit about it yesterday. Like I personally think I'm a big Zion guy, but there's a short runway here, right? Like if he doesn't develop more skill sets, like more outside shooting, more anything like that. This athleticism that he does have, well, like his athleticism is still elite and we could say he's out of shape. That's incredible. But like, 
if he doesn't get into better shape, that athleticism, athleticism is going to go away as he gets older. And all of a sudden, he's going to become a guy that is completely useless in this league. So I, I think already the Pelicans have a short time period of when they can really think they can maximize this team. And for all the other good pieces they have around them, I do think Zion is the key for them actually re- attaining any championship level uh, aspirations. And it's just the play's just not there right now. From the column that I noted too. Um, Williamson's poor ethic has been a source of frustrations for the Pelicans since they drafted him number one in 2019. Yep. They've tried to surround him with veterans who have track records of maximizing their potential. J.J. Redick in 2019, J.J. McCollum in 2022. None of it has made an impact. This is the most damning part. The Pelicans have repeatedly stressed to Williamson that his diet and conditioning need to improve. Williamson, multiple team sources have told Times Picayune, quote, doesn't listen. That's well, what, like, <laughs> what wasn't it part of it? Wasn't it part of it built in his last contract extension? I think so. Yeah, there was like some clause in there about about his conditioning. So I, I mean, and, like like nobody has that ever. And it's and it the, the the best part about this is like and in the column it notes this like Luka Doncic generally this year he didn't but the last few years he had been coming in a little puffy right he's yeah, 18, yeah, 19, yep. 20 years old is just doing whatever in the offseason. he's an athlete so it, you know whatever but he would play his way into shape. Yes, that's a good as, example. Yeah. As the column notes, though, we're a quarter of the way in. He still, Williamson hasn't played it. In fact, this writer notes that you could argue it's regressed his conditioning. Mm. So, I, I like yesterday again, you're right. It's only one game, but yesterday did expose all the weaknesses of this team. And against a Lakers team that is nowhere near perfect on a neutral court where there was, insp- you know, there was a reason to play, this Zion Williamson got completely exposed. And this team did look like it was a run-of-the-mill play-in Western Conference team that's going to finish around there, maybe get in as the boy, you know, seventh or eighth seed, only to be extinguished by whoever's going to be the top one or two seeds. So, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's def- definitely a possibility. And the other thing that that you know, I'll defend Zion here for for one moment. Yeah, I mean, you can just look at this box score. It, it's not like he got a lot of help from other the other. I mean, this is supposed to be. You know, Zion, Brandon Ingram, and C.J. McCollum, if we're going to call a big three on this team, which a lot of people like to refer it to, I mean, when you're going four for 14 and four for 13 from Ingram and Ingram and McCollum, like, you're not getting a ton of help from those guys either in a game like that last night. No, and then ob- obviously, defensively, you did an absolutely terrible job, with, you know, with bottling up LeBron James. Yeah. Well, it's been good. Real quick before we move on to the card, um, just general thoughts. We were there. Thought it was good. I thought it was great. I think the the NBA has gotten this thing right with the in season tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, little little <laughs> weird little things for us just being in the arena. Like we did think the the darkened seating was was odd. I have a theory on that. Okay. I, I think I think that they did that because they were nervous that there weren't going like the crowd shots weren't going to be that good. Oh. So my theory, okay. you know what I mean? So my theory yeah. was like, let's keep the house lights down, just shine it on the court and makes the court pop. But also it, it'll, it'll kind of hide, especially at 2 PM start. It'll kind of yeah. hide some empty spots in the arena. You didn't get any on the broadcast, you didn't need crowd shots or anything like that. Like, I think that's why they did it. That's in, that, that, that's interesting. I, I think the more I thought about it afterward, I was like, I guess they were just really trying to spotlight like the court as more like it's a stage, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like something like that. But I don't really know. That was a little weird. We Artsy. we were we were freezing in the arena. I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a T-Mobile thing. Yeah, <laughs> like that was another thing that was weird. But uh, no, overall, I think it was great. And uh, 
um, I can't remember where I said this yesterday, but I'm like, man, for, for all the growth we always hear about, uh, about the NBA worldwide and stuff like what's, let's get more of these 2 PM games. Like I, you yeah. know, for us on the West coast, like, I mean, that's five o'clock Eastern, obviously you're talking about a time that, you know, that's, uh, you, you know, you kick it over to Europe and actually a European audience and catch some of these games. Like, I don't, I would mix more of these in on, I, you know, maybe a mo- Monday, Friday afternoons, that sort of thing. Like I think you could easily do that with one or two, you know, one or two games at, at a start time like that. It would work really well just during the regular season. Agreed. All right. Before we take our next break, let's fit in a couple of games for today. It's a deep card. We'll start at the top, work our way down Toronto at Charlotte. Uh, we saw an opener here, Toronto minus five and a half, total of 227. Still sitting at five and a half, Kelly, but the total has plummeted down to 222. Still no uh, LaMelo ball for the Charlotte Hornets. Actually, and I think, a, I think an extra a report I saw today, he's going to miss at least one more week. Yeah, okay. So that, that does make sense. It looked like a serious uh, ankle injury for him, which sucks because he was playing incredible basketball mm-hmm. uh, for them. Uh, also, Nick Smith Jr. is considered doubtful here for the Charlotte Hornets. Two teams that I don't think you really want to bet on here. Uh, without LaMelo, this team has been struggling on offense. And for Toronto, I think this is the more troubling sign. You go back, Kelly, especially this game they had in hand against Miami. They end up losing 112 to 103. They've lost four out of five. Um, they have been somewhat competitive. They took a game from Phoenix at home the other day. But Toronto, I mean, this offense has been really bad. And I get it. It's Charlotte. But I'm not sure if I want to ask Toronto to win by margin on the road. Yeah, that's exactly how I looked at it. I think it would be, I think the the only even slight lean I would have in this game is to the under still at this total, 222, 222 and a half. Um, the side, yeah, I'm not missing. I cannot lay, can't lay five and a half on the road with the Raptors right now. And really, I don't know that this Hornets team I can bet on without LaMelo Ball in the lineup. Um, interested to see how that this team continue, uh, does develop though once he gets back. I mean, that would, um, now that you've, you know, once he gets back and you really have the true, this true team all together, uh, you know, really kind of for the first time, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do rest of the season. But yeah, this game tonight, this was a pretty easy cross off for me. Okay. Next up Detroit at Orlando. I was tempted by this again. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to continue to be tempted by the Detroit Pistons, uh, until the market like really starts to turn on them here. Uh, but you know, catching 11, I get it. It is Orlando, but Orlando is not the most uh, dominant offensive team. And here's my thought, because Jalen Duran's hurt. And we talked about this on the Pistons just the other day, actually, just yesterday. Yeah. But I do wonder if the Pistons are forced into playing more effective lineups because Duran is hurt. And so you don't have multiple bigs out there. Now you do put in another shooter in a starting lineup, and all of a sudden things start to open up for your offense a bit more. Like, do they stumble into an accidental improvement? Not that Duran's bad. But it's just the configuration of the lineup changes because Duran's not going to be available. Orlando 11 with a total of 229. Uh, to me, it was going to be Pistons or pass, and it was easy to pass. Yeah, yeah, I think I would. I think I would say the exact same thing. No, and the one where, it, yeah, I I think I need to see more life out of them. Yeah, before I before right. I go and make a bet on them again here, but. I, I, I'll keep repeating this. I do think the magic, as long as they kind of keep winning like they are. I mean, look, this is a team that preseason, you, you know, we were all high on on this pod. I think even me, probably more, a little bit more than you and uh, you and Zach. But you, this is, you couldn't have asked for a better start with this team. And that we're now, I think we're we're approaching about market highs of where we're going to see this team uh, spread wise. So it's just, I think it's going to be very hard for me to lay points, especially what you just brought up, where it's a team that's 
yes, they're great defensively. Still, the offense, though, is, uh, you know, n- not exceptional, uh, uh, I would say, at least. I mean, they're middle of the road right now for the season. Yes, they're a top defensive team. But I think if you don't have a, if you don't have a, a top 10 offense, um, you know, don't have a top 10 offense, and then really trying to cover this kind of number is asking a lot. Last nine games, something or nothing. The let me see one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes, okay. Eight and one to the over, the Orlando Magic in their last nine games. Oh, Defensive rating, 114.1. So that's uh that's about seven points higher than their season average right now. I don't know if that's just hey, you Still know not what? Bad, but <laughs> Right. I mean, so if for by comparison's sake, for a had a hundred and fourteen point one, that would put you on the season at about eighteenth uh, in the NBA. So okay. below average, uh, but closer to average than uh, bottom of the league. But still, for this team, in terms of the way the market rates them, right where they're at, like I've actually taken my crack at the last like two out of the last three games to go under for Orlando, and that has not been the case because their defense just hasn't been there. Is that something or nothing? Um. Probably something a little bit. Okay. Uh, I, I, man, I I don't think that we're. I think probably as the season goes on, where we're the stretch that you're talking about, where they're ranking, you know, kind of middle of the road, and then when we look at the full season and they're a top five defense, it's probably when the season's all said and done, it's they're probably somewhere in the middle of those two. Like right. I bet they're still a top ten defense, but maybe it's you know ninth, tenth, something like that. Yeah. All right. Let's um. Let's take our actually let's fit in one more before we take our our last break here. Um, you circled this one yesterday. This opened up Philly minus seven and a half in favor of, excuse me, 76ers minus seven and a half with the total right now, 235 total actually opened up 242 and a half against Atlanta. Big story here is the questionable status of one Trey young. Out. Um, is he out? He's out. Yeah. He okay. Out. Officially out. There we go. So, um, yeah, it was interesting to see seven and a half with the questionable Trey young and you, you were on that. It's up to nine and a half now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that, we were you were sitting we were sitting there at the game as I was making a lot of bets actually yesterday. But this was, yeah, I caught a six and a half. There was a couple weird openers yesterday. I don't, I don't, I, I floated the, I floated the, uh, I'm sure a very out there theory of like, is there are a lot of the NBA odds makers just very focused on these these in season right. tournament games because there was different shops opening up like some different numbers by like a point point and a half that I was kind of surprised by so. I was even able to get a six and a half on the Sixers uh, yesterday when this opened. Um, but yeah, this is, I don't really get this one. We've talked about Atlanta's, uh, you know, inconsistency, the worst ATS team uh, going so far and Philly's Philly's cruising. I mean, they're still on the season, you know, fourth in net rating you're talking about um, uh, this team. And, and yeah, this is, I think without Trey young, it makes it even, uh, I was ready to lay the six and a half fully prepared for Trey young to play. There was a questionable tag on him yesterday, but um, without Trey young, I, I did get a text from someone asking is it was no Trey young and the extra points, actually a better bet than Trey young and lay, you know, and catching like six, six and a half. I'm just going to bring that up. Um, yeah, it might be, it might be, but yeah, with, with the number I got, I'm happy with my Sixers play. According to Cleaning the Glass, uh, Atlanta's net rating is worse by about 2.8 points per 100 possessions with Trey Young on the floor. So yeah. <laughs> just something to note. He's not a good defender. That's, that's really where that's at. Right. All right, let's take our break. Uh, when we come back, we wrap up the card, get into some more best bets here on this Friday. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This one, I think, will be simple. Washington at Brooklyn. Kelly, Brooklyn, a 10-point favorite with a total of 239.5 openers for anybody who is interested here. Brooklyn, a 9.5-point favorite with a total of 238, so not a ton of move. I'm not surprised to see this number move in favor of the Brooklyn Nets up to 10. But I would say this. I think I'd caution anybody running out there to lay this number with Brooklyn. Uh, part of the reason is Brooklyn really quietly isn't the most efficient defense. They yeah. they project to be a better one, right, with all their personnel. Right. But they've been really average to below average. They come into this game 19th in overall defensive efficiency in non-garbage time. Uh, their half-court defense is really what suffers. They're actually really good in transition, which might help them here against Washington, but they're 20th in half-court defense. I, I'm just, I don't know if they're good enough defensively to win by margin here. And they've been covering numbers, and this might be the time where you start to come in. Like, I, I'm really tempted to actually come in here and, and back Washington. Brooklyn's been great. They're 15-4-1 against the spread. Covered again the other day as a four-point underdog winning outright against Orlando. They have covered six out of the last seven games. But I think we're starting to get toward a market high here, and I, I think it's actually Washington or pass. Yeah, totally. I, th- this is another one I think I, I look at it very similarly to Orlando, where it's just I, Brooklyn's a good team. They've got their flaws, though, still, and they're not a great team. And laying nine and a half points against anybody is just – I'm not running to bet Washington, but it would definitely be a Washington lead here for me. Yeah. All right, big news in Boston as Kristaps Porzingis will make his return from injury tonight. Tonight! against the New York Knicks. These two teams uh, played, what did we see play, about like a month ago, a little bit less than that? Yeah, about a month ago. Uh, in Boston, the Celtics were about a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. They are now laying seven-and-a-half with a total of 221 or 220-and-a-half. So a little bit of a change in terms of where the market's at between these two teams, despite the fact that you're going to get Kristaps Porzingis back onto the floor today. Uh, And for New York, no injuries of note. So with a healthier Celtics squad laying two and a half points fewer than when they last met up, Kelly. Yeah, this is um, this is interesting. It would I think it would still be New York or pass for me here. It's going to end up being a pass situation. Do you read anything into? Is there anything to be concerned about with any of these teams that did play in season tournament and, you know, are kind of back in regular season action form? No, because like for Boston, I mean, I mean shoot, you, did they play? What's yeah, they the played today? Wednesday, right? Didn't they play? Wednesday? No, they didn't play Wednesday. Wait, oh, hold on. I'm looking at New York. Hold on. Give me a second. Uh, no, they played. That's it there. So their last game was that quarterfinal game on Monday. So New York has had or Boston has had three days off, essentially. So they played the fourth. They had the fifth, the sixth, the seventh off. They're going to play today or the eighth. So they're coming in on three days of rest. And the Knicks didn't play. The Knicks didn't play. Same thing with the Knicks. Either. Knicks got yeah, eliminated yeah. in the so, quarterfinals, so the, haven't played. 
all those teams, all those teams aren't. So the quarterfinal teams didn't they didn't play all week, right? They're just playing no. tonight. So yeah, n- never mind. You've had plenty of rest. Then I don't think there's anything much of that to read into here. You get Kristaps back. Um, like you said, like we were talking about though at the beginning of the pot. I, I think there's there's enough. I still have enough concerns with Boston that I'm not running to lay this kind of number against New York, who I think is good, but New York is still. I, for, I think this has been me for the past three years that they've probably outperformed. They've outperformed my expectations, but man, no, I, I, I have, I, I have trouble getting to the window backing them. Like it, yep. it's just, it's constantly, it's something that I have trouble doing. Yep. Uh, I will say this is one thing to watch for New York. I think that they're one of those teams. Uh, this goes back to a conversation we had when they went to Minnesota and played at the beginning of um, October or excuse me, November. I think they're a team that beats up on the bad teams and is kind yeah. of outmatched against some of the good teams. Uh, we will see if that is the case here tonight. But, you know, you go back to the game against Milwaukee. Milwaukee tore them apart. 146 points. We're, high, we're insanely efficient. Pick their defense apart. You can go through their losses, you know, and, and pick out game after game in which against the better teams, they have lost to them, right? Uh, home versus Phoenix, they lose on a game winner from Devin Booker. They go to Minnesota. They lose by 17 points. Uh, at Boston, they lose 114 to 98. At Milwaukee, they lose 110 to 105. Right. I can keep going, but yeah. I think that's kind of the point here with New York. And I'd be very interested to see if they can stay inside this number and prove me wrong tonight. Yeah. I think, I think you've got a really good read on this team right now because I think that's really true. They're, they're one of the more bully teams of the NBA. And I would say, like, yep. you know, like you look at, like, yeah, I'm looking at cleaning glass right now. Okay. They're 12 and 8 on the season. You're talking about sixth in net rating. You're talking about 11th in offensive, offensive, efficiency ninth and defense efficiency but whenever they go up against a great team to me it always feels like to me jvt that either the offense or the defense is going to let you down that night it's going to be one of the two it's like either they they play good defensively and then nobody shows up to score that night or the opposite where you get a huge brunson game or something Mm -hmm. like that and then like their defense is somehow nowhere nowhere to be found so i i it's it's those reasons where i just get scared back in this team I, i think i need to see I need to see them put it kind of together consistently for a season, which I just yep. don't, we haven't really seen the past few years. They, they've, they've been really good at times, just not consistently. Next up, uh, easy to scratch off game, Cleveland at Miami. Cleveland, a one-point favorite, total of 222 across the board. Uh, we saw this first open up at 1 and 218. Still no Bam Adebayo, still no Tyler Hero, obviously. Jimmy Butler will play tonight for the Miami Heat. Uh, Evan Mobley is questionable, so that's a no, that's a name that could alter yeah. the spread a little bit here. Uh, too much noise. I don't know what's going on with either team, to be quite honest with you. Uh, this is one that I easily had no problems with skipping and moving on to the next contest. Yeah, this uh, th- this I skipped it too. Cleveland's an interesting watch right now to me because they're that now that they've kind of gotten all the well, Lavert's missed what a couple games now in a row, yes. right? Two yep. two or three. Um, so that's a little concern. You definitely need him. I think he's more important than most people would think. To, to oh, their bench do. doesn't have much scoring right. without him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But but I will say because I think I heard you bring this up uh, a few days ago, where like their offense is is pretty pretty bad right now. But to me. This team, like, they can't, I don't think they can get much worse. Like, there's got to be, at some point, they've got to start putting things together, I think, a little bit more efficiently here on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they're a bottom third offense right now with a top 10 defense. And I, it, it's just, you, there, there's too much talent there for, for this to be a thing all year. 
Yeah, and I think part of it has been health. Their health has been inconsistent. Donovan Mitchell, uh, Darius Garland have both missed time. We're obviously talking about uh, Karis LeVert today, too. So I think that's been part of the reason I think they'll be better. And going back to the point I made about the uh, Magic defense, that thing got torn apart by Cleveland the other day. Mm -hmm. So there is some upside here for Cleveland, and I think they will be better. See, and that was one that that was was a game that I ended up getting involved in in in-game on the Cleveland side. Just because a little bit of what we were talking about with Orlando, right, where I kind of thought they were they had kind of hit kind of a market high of what we're going to see a point spread at. Still, yep. still thought there was too much talent on that Cleveland side, and that was kind of a good example of a game where hey, like good Cleveland showed up, and I think that good Cleveland team is still in there somewhere. I'll just point out real quick, Miami. How about this? The past eight games, they're four and four. Yeah, you're ninth, ninth in net net rating over that time, third in offense efficiency, efficiency, twenty third in defense. Yeah. Uh, that's a little odd to see out of Miami. Obviously not having Bam out of bio for a couple games affects that. Um, it would be Cle- Cleveland or pass for me tonight, but it, it, it's a pass. All right. Now we finally get to the games where I've bet some. Yes, I had so I have bets today, but uh, uh, it is a little bit deeper in the card. Minnesota and my, uh, Memphis. Minnesota on the road here. This number's down to five and a half. The total is down from 216 to 213 and a half. Uh, I've actually I've been having a lot of fun and some success looking at these team totals this season, Kelly. Yeah. Uh, so went back to the well here again with the team total, um, and it's another team total for a Timberwolves opponent. Grizzlies team total under one hundred four and a half. I think this is playable to about to about minus one twenty five. Uh, it, look, so there's a couple of things here. First off, Minnesota continues to kind of grow the gap between them and the second best defensive team here in the NBA. Their defensive rating in non garbage time two point two points better than Boston at this point right now, and you're seeing it a thousand times over against some of these lesser offensive opponents. They're suffocating the life out of them yeah. uh, against yep. uh, San Antonio, which, by the way, I mean, the market moved against them, right? San Antonio, I bet their team total under 107.5. It got bet up to 108.5 because the total got bet up. Those all correlate well under the total, well under the team total there. You look at uh, Memphis, though, 27th in non-garbage time offensive efficiency, 108.1 points per 100 possessions. And again, set defenses in the half court, 90.3 points every 100 plays. They don't shoot the ball particularly well. Teams have had the game plan of just, eh, we're going to play like some zone and whatever and just let you shoot threes. And your frequency is up there, but you're last in three-point shooting. They run off live rebounds, but they're 20th in offensive efficiency off live rebounds, 18th in pace. I just, I don't really see how this team is going to crack uh, the total of 104 points, 105 points. And I actually thought, you know, DraftKings offers alternate like team totals. So you can just mm. go through the list yeah. and like go lower and lower. I thought down to like one, uh, 100.5 or 100 and a half at like plus 160-ish mm-hmm. might be worth a look at under here too. I see a similar scenario as San Antonio. I just It's going to be a slow-paced game. Minnesota has been f- inducing rock fights against their opponents. It's not a good offensive team. I think I'm willing to play this thing under 104 and a half. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I have a play here too. I just I played the Minnesota side. Uh, th- this is um, not a. This is not uh, the number I was expecting to see on this game. I I mean we were just looking. You know, you look at the difference in net rating. It, it is a massive gap between these where, where these two teams are at on the season. Minus four point five uh, for Memphis, and you're talking about plus eight point one for Minnesota. Uh, I was expecting to see this game seven and a half, eight, something like that. So I got a cheap five and a half uh, on an opener yesterday, but it's still, I mean, it's hovering, hovering six. There's five and a halves out there right now. I, I, to me, that's a, 
Uh, that was a pretty easy. That was a pretty easy sign for me to jump to immediately, and I don't really understand what I'm missing. I feel like that game is probably two points off at yep. least. All right, with that, we move on to the next one, and I think we share a play here as well. Uh, as I like to phrase these at times, you know, the Brooklyn Atlanta game, as I wrote about today, it was a number grab, right? I just I did not make it that number. Uh, I thought that there were no extenuating circumstances in terms of scheduling or whatnot that would give Atlanta a boost in that spot. So I think that this number's off, and I'm going to go there. Same thing here today. Um, the Thunder are down to minus two and a half at a couple of books, and I don't get it. You know, at, when you look at home court, it's anywhere between two and a half to three points. This would say that these two teams are equals. I don't think that's the case. As I wrote about today, statistically, in almost every single category, the Oklahoma City Thunder have been better. Uh, at home, they are been they are actually and actually overall, Kelly, like for the season, you can make the argument they've been undervalued by the betting market. 14 of five, 14, five of one against the spread on the season at home, seven and three ATS with a plus six point three net rating in non-garbage time. I'm just I, this is one of those I, I use this phrase a lot for these types of situations. I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to lay two and a half totally. and be wrong yep. because I think this is the, the play here. I don't think this number should be two and a half. I made it just over three and a half, closer to four. So give it to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, I bet yeah, I bet this on the opener too. I mean, I bet a bad number. I bet three and a half. I can't believe this yep. number this has come down. Um, totally with you on this one. I, I was shocked to see that number yesterday. We talked about it. Well, we talked about the Golden State Warriors on the pot a bit yesterday, right? I, it's just the I, this team is very, very dysfunctional right now. And outside, and Steph Curry's great. Steph Curry's awesome. He's the only thing that I think is consistent that you can trust on what the, on this team right now. And everything else uh, around them is a problem. I, 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 um, I know Moses Moody is, you know, maybe there's a bright spot there, but he doesn't exactly get the minutes that he probably should be getting. I know there's been a lot of people uh, clamoring for that. Um, I don't, this Warriors team though, I think is, is quietly, uh, quietly somehow a bit of a mess right now. And, mm -hmm. and on the flip side, you're talking about one of, if not basically the most consistent team in the NBA right now with the Oklahoma city thunder and what they're doing night in and night out. And you're you're telling me I can lay two and a half at home on a Friday night game with golden state coming to town. I, this is, this was an automatic right away for me to lay this. Um, as always, I, I mean, as always with sides, I'll, I'll lay what, you know, I'll play whatever pregame um, and look to get, you know, always leave money open to get in live too. I think with a shorter spread like this, uh, becomes even more important where you you never know it, it could take one quarter and you might be able to grab uh you know one quarter bad shooting with OKC you might be able to grab a plus number uh on the thunder side heading in you know heading into that second quarter always leave leave room for that for that JVT but this this is one of my bigger pregame bets actually of the season so far was on the thunder I agree I agree all right uh with that I, for the sake of speeding this thing up Chicago San Antonio Chicago's two and a half point favor with a total of 225 Houston, Denver, Denver's a nine point favorite with a total of two twenty one and a half, and um, Sacramento, Phoenix, Sacramento's a two point favorite with a total of two thirty five. Kevin Durant's not going to play. Did you have anything in those three games? Uh no. I will say if I could wait, wait, add wait, wait, wait. name all three. Okay, Bulls, Spurs. I've got nothing. I've got nothing in. I wouldn't touch. I am interested in seeing how this Bulls team, I guess, continues to perform without Zach Levine in the lineup. Like it, yeah. it, there has been some uh, interesting results when he hasn't been in there. So I'll be keeping my eye on that one, but no, no nothing there. Uh, would you bring up King's sons? I've got nothing. I've got nothing there. I don't no know Durant why I'm tonight. Yeah. I've no, I, I don't know why I'm a little hesitant. Yeah, that's right. No Durant tonight. I was looking at that one uh, more closely 
yesterday, early yesterday, before he had gotten ruled out. Um, I don't know why I'm a little hesitant with some of these teams coming coming out of the coming out of the in season tournament, though. Just, I shouldn't be. I know, but I'm a little hesitant. Right. With them. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this really quickly. Um, the, the thing that just sparked in my mind. Um, Chicago a little high uh, in my in my mind actually made this Bulls minus one so I don't think I, I think maybe we're a little at the market high here okay. at least in, or the market low I should say for San Antonio who I don't know has lost like a million straight does not look particularly good but no, just wanted to throw that out there all right last two games I, I saved these uh, I don't know why the last one because it looks like it's going to be a snoozer but I did bet uh, LA and Utah and I actually think Kelly I might have gotten this wrong the more I thought about this the way to bet this I think there's a smarter way to do it again so I think maybe going back to the team total angle, uh, the Clippers team total is 116 and a half. I wouldn't say no to betting that thing over. Um, I, when you look at the numbers for the Los Angeles Clippers and the way that they have been playing, uh, especially with their new starting lineup, it, it has looked a lot better. Uh, the numbers for anybody who did not know, Harden, Terrence Mann, uh, Paul George, Quad Leonard, Vicha Zubach, plus 11.7 points per 100 possessions. So they're outscoring their opponents by 11.7 points every 100 possessions while on the floor. Offensive rating with Harden on the floor and Russell Westbrook off the floor uh, in the 85th percentile of qualified lineups. They've only covered four out of their last 10 games, but they're seven and three in those 10 games. So they're starting to turn things around a little bit here. Uh, so I, what I actually bet was I laid seven and a half here against Utah. Okay. Utah in the six games without Larry Markin, who's not going to play today, is three and three. However, if you really dive into them, we're talking about wins over lesser opponents and some nasty losses, including the one, of course, to Dallas the other night. I think the Clippers are good enough to win by margin, but if you didn't want to lay all of that, I wouldn't say no to betting the Clippers team total over as well. But I think they're going to be able to suffocate this offense, especially if Clarkson doesn't play and uh, win this thing by eight or more points. He, uh, yeah, I was going to say a little bit of injury updates here. Looks like Olenek and Clarkson will go tonight okay. for Utah. Um, so yeah, may, I don't, you know, may, maybe for people that changes a little bit more to just looking at your team total over, which I think would, which I think is a pretty good call too. That yeah, that's not one. Uh, not one. I mean, I was, to be honest with you, real quick, not sorry yeah. to interrupt, but no, it might good. just help you out actually. Um, right. In right. regards to two lesser defenders being on the floor, so yeah, and if Clark, yeah, Clarkson's, yeah, Clarkson, if he's <laughs> defending poorly but hitting shots on the other end and actually putting pressure on the on the Clippers to score, to going, you know, man. in the fourth quarter, and not be sitting people. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, all right, that's it. I mean, uh, what else? Did you have anything for uh, yeah, Dallas, I, Portland, Dallas, up to eight point favor with a total of two thirty one and a half against the I'm Trailblazers? I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I think I'm just going to approach this game from a live standpoint, not get involved pregame, but I'm also having the same feeling in my brain right now that I had with that Utah game on, on, on Wednesday where I, I, this Mavericks team with how many guys that are out for the Blazers, you got no Jeremy Grant, Deandre Ayton going to be out. Malcolm Brogdon's questionable for this game. I know I've talked about supporting this Blazers team where I think they are quietly a little bit better a little bit better roster than I think a lot of people treat them as, but still with all those guys out, Grant Williams is going to be out for the Mavericks tonight, but you've got, you're going to have Kyrie and Luca go, man, laying seven, seven and a half. There is a seven and a half out there, mainly eights right now. Uh, I'm seeing an eight and a half too, but laying seven and a half on the road. I just think this Dallas Mavericks offense might just be way too much to and overpower this Blazers team. So mm -hmm. that's one I'm intrigued, and I don't think I'm going to get there pregame, but I think that's one to look for live because I think you could have an opportunity to jump in there. Um, the total on that game might be a little short, too. I, I, I do lean over a little bit on that one. I think when you have Grant Williams out, uh, this game going to be a little bit more up and uh, up and down the court and uh, 
uh, defensively, not exactly great options on either side um, for what those guys are going to try to do, uh, what each each offense is going to try to do. So a lean to the over and lean to the Mavericks uh, for sure. But I think I think I will be targeting Mavericks as an in-game bet tonight. Yeah. All right. That's it. We're going to get out of here. That is it. I, I, sh- I should say, though, this, on, the, on the same thing with the Mavericks, I, Clippers, I'm not there with you pregame, but they're a side I absolutely have circled to look at live tonight as well. Cool. All right. I got to get out of here and, and read Shohei Otani rumors. So uh, with that, like, most, rate, review, subscribe. Huh? The most tracked flight of the day, apparently. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's, it, who knows? I can't wait till it's not Toronto. It's going to be hilarious. I know, you see right? the, you see the one tweet where some guy was like, you say Kikuchi has... Uh, yeah. Made reservations at a sushi restaurant. Like, yep, because Japanese people only eat sushi. Yep, that's it. That's it. You sign in there. I, I, think the, uh, I think the part of that I enjoyed but the most was that it was for, made a reservation for 50 plus people. Right. And I'm like, wait a second. How do you make a reservation for 50 plus people? Right. Doesn't that doesn't that just mean you're like you're getting you're renting out the whole restaurant for the night? Like if you're talking that amount of people, what, what are we talking about? It also is just, again, like the joke, but. The, just the assumption. Japanese guy yes. made a reservation at a Japanese restaurant. Of course, the other Japanese guy is coming. Like, hey, yes. what, do you, what do you have to prove to Shohei that they have good sushi in Toronto right. or something? Like, what? It's all they eat, Kelly. It's all they eat. Um, but yeah, by the way, uh, as somebody also pointed out to him, apparently that guy just heard somebody make up a fake report on a Toronto radio show and, re- and tried to say that it was his source. So that's not even real. <laughs> No, it's the best part. It's the best. I mean, we were we were talking about it on a numbers game this morning. Matt, Matt Brown pointed out. I guess there was also a response. I think it was a joke, but a joking response to that tweet of "way to ruin uh, Yusei Kikuchi's uh, surprise birthday party yeah. tonight" yeah. or something. Like that. His, his wife. It was something along the lines his of like, "Wait, his wife didn't know." <laughs> and then there's people like, "Her, her birthday's good. in the summer," and people are like, "You don't understand the joke." Like, uh, no, all right. Great. Uh, all right, that's it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I am going to console myself. No, actually, no, take a break. Sorry, I'm distracted. See, I'm reading all these. Two, I, like, what are you I got to get out of here. All right, like, rate, review, subscribe. Check out vcin.com, and we will see you on Monday here on Hardwood Handicappers. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 